0: Rocking chair Jer- Jer- session, session. with Elisa Lisa I mean, Di Battista Maria, Maria Teresa, Teresa Barber. hello
1: everyone and welcome to rcs rocking chair sessions volume 80 with artist lucinda linderman welcome lucinda thank you thanks for having me thank you for scheduling us in on this beautiful or pre-recording on sunday sunday 10 a.m in the morning it was so so quick to get here (laughs) no traffic no traffic everybody's sleeping or recovering from partying i guess in miami (laughs) i'm just tired Anyhow, um, I wanted to jump in. I wanted to tell you that the first artwork of yours I ever saw was when um, the 800 building and 810 building was still open at the Art Center of South Florida on Lincoln Road. And it was this ginormous, beautiful, just woven wool piece with different colors and I just wanted to touch it, and I was so tempted, because you get this visceral reaction with, like, all the textures and stuff. And it's it had to be at least, was it, like, 14 or 16 feet long? It, it, yeah, about 14
2: feet. It's yeah. a, a, a section of the Everglades. It was yes. a map, a, a felted map.
1: Eight you should have touched it. No! <laughs> Where is it on a gold You can definitely <laughs> have a and a blessing. I'll oh, definitely, <laughs> next time I see it, touch it. And I was just so, first of all, dimensions. Like, I love people that go big. I it's incredible. And then when you explained your inspiration for it, um, as you said, it's a top of heart. Can you jump into that for a little bit? Like, yeah, how you got inspired? Um, well,
2: it's a section of the Everglades. And the reason I, I mean, I do a lot of work with, um, with, uh, issues in the environment, and so I focused for a long time on the waste stream, and um, I kind of, I just wanted to get back into making. I mean, I always make, but um, I wanted to kind of explore some other areas of the environment, and beauty of the environment has always drawn me in uh, for my forms, and I was flying over the Everglades on the way back from some trip, and all of the the sun was just reflecting on the water and there were purples and blues and, and grays and it was gorgeous and gold, gold colors. And so um, looking at it from a plane, I just thought this is a beautiful way to show nature. Mm-hmm. So I tried to recreate it. Of course, it's never as good <laughs> when, yeah. when you try to remake something, <laughs> but uh, it's... Yeah. yeah, it's that piece took a long time. It took about 4 months to execute and wow. I had to print maps and and line them up. I used Google Earth to get the imagery and I didn't even make it all the way across Florida because I ran out of space, <laughs> so it's missing like four feet. <laughs> so it's just like, like...
1: Maybe it'll be added at like, some point. Where right did, did you have the cutoff?
2: I, I worked from the west coast over, so uh, you yeah. stopped like in the middle of the Everglades.
0: You left off my area. I did. Oh,
1: <laughs> make it so. well, it's about the Everglades. So
2: they just can do whatever
1: they
0: want. Yeah, so. totally. <laughs> that's so funny
1: in terms of color selection there were so many lovely aquas in it how did you go about choosing the colors did you try to match it identically to the image you had in your mind no, or did you
2: i didn't i used what i had mm-hmm. um i had all of this i had a lot of thread that i had actually pulled out of a factory when i was um, uh kind of like you know i, I go into trash and, and find stuff so i found a whole bunch of thread and took that and so it's everything in that piece is reclaimed material. So it's one hundred percent reclaimed material. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. Um I used some wools that were dyed, uh, but they were all cast offs. So I order from a company that uses takes all their remnants and sells them in bags. So I needed some wool to kind of make it um adhere together Mm -hmm. through the felting process. But 100% 100% reclaimed. Oh, Old incredible. bed sheets, there's dryer lint in that thing, there's <laughs> plastic, there's hair. <laughs> it's,
1: you know, is it definitely? Know, it's a, every archivalist's dream. Yes. I think that might be biodegradable. Um, that show was actually in um, in tandem with the residency, but it was it Masa? Wassa Up in. Um, it was a Canadian residency, yes. and I don't remember the name of it. Did you make it out there or were you just one of the artists that were here that goes selected, okay cool. You should apply. Uh they're a pay to play residency.
2: Oh really? I thought
1: they were free. Yeah.
0: Never mind. I try not to sorry Canada. No. (laughs) that's kind of something that I also don't understand how artists are able to finance paid you know, the residencies you yeah. have to pay for. It's kinda of like, like a vacation. Yeah. Or you get a, you you get I mean, talking about grants, you got the South Florida Cultural Consortium yeah, like grant, right? Bad. Congratulations. I did. Thank That's you. a did good you one to get yeah.
2: I applied eight times. Nice. So I got it I think on my ninth time applying. Awesome. Wow. Persistence. Uh, then I have a secret.
1: Okay. <laughs> you do? We will not share do your you secret. Do you want to spill the
0: beans here on, like, public um, podcasts? I mean, we might get into it later, but, like, one, nah. of, one of my dreams
2: is to have a place in Spain that I can have artists come and retire. Oh. Because there's so many, there's such a lack of... I mean, we just don't have a future. I mm-hmm. think here, it's really hard to have a future, especially if you've been working your entire life. Sustainability. You, mm-hmm. If you've never gotten into the limelight, um, you know, where do you go? Mm-hmm. How yeah. do you? How do you find a community that you can grow old in, and so? And afford and afford and mm-hmm. so I would love to do something like that for my friends or for you know people that oh, that's incredible. I meet um so I actually saved the consortium money
0: <gasps> I have that's it
2: amazing. sitting for a down payment for a house in Spain that's incredible. So I have not that's Beautiful. It. I have held on to it. Oh so God, I'm, you're so clever. I'm. Uh, well, that's a future artist project, a lifelong yeah, one. So I just, I knew that I wouldn't have that opportunity to have that chunk of money again. Yeah. I keep applying for the Knight Foundation, of course. That's really hard, and mm. they're not going to fund anything outside of the U.S. So
0: yeah.
2: I've just been trying to figure out how to make this happen, and I think doors will open when it, when I get to that point. But I'm trying to do something in the next five years. No, Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's like my big kind of push positive Mm -hmm.
0: energy for that to happen. And another grand I was just telling Elisa about there is a Florida State Prize that is just opening.
2: It's it's about this,
0: it's, it's just opened now. It's going to be open for the next month or so, or uh, until December. And it's up to... Thirty thousand dollars. what so look up the florida state price everyone in here everybody yeah. uh they have multiple prices not just one and uh that will be a great addition to your chunk of money that you yeah. were saving for spain yeah. where in spain do you wanna um...
2: i will i and i don't know if this will like go from one place to another but right now um i have connections with valencia spain mm-hmm. and so um the villages out there are are probably where I would first go Mm -hmm, northern Spain I love there's the area near the um, near the Pyrenees that's amazing there's Portugal you know right next to the northern Spain as well yeah so I do need some time to kind of explore to see where the right area is Mm -hmm. but I I feel I have a real connection to Spain
1: Mm -hmm. Like yeah.
0: Valencia. Valencia so that, yeah. that's where you think you would probably And Valencia. you were in Spain, right? Do you I, were in Spain for language
2: uh I classes? did uh-huh. yeah. I, in college I figured out how to travel. Um, that's another story because I, I went to Spain for a year with only two hundred dollars oh, and no. was living on the street for a while oh and my just, goodness you know had a lot of adventures I can't believe <laughs> I'm alive <laughs> I'm grateful you're alive you can do that in Spain in Spain only
1: okay <laughs> I think anywhere else in Europe
2: it might be like yeah that. yeah especially now I mean that yes. was 20 years ago but you know Spain was the first time I ever went to a museum Wow! I didn't even know that you could be an artist until I got there and I started seeing these pieces outside um, you know, I started becoming familiar with um, Salvador Dali. Mm-hmm. I did an au pair stint where I was two blocks away from the Sagrada Familia. Oh, my God. And so every night so I beautiful. went out and I sat on a bench and I looked at that that church for hours. And the whole reason I'm an artist now is because of that time in Spain. Because I came back. I came back and announced to everyone, I'm going to be an artist. Yeah, like, and I know like, what I'm going to do not no you're not <laughs>
0: <laughs> so why did they want you to be a doctor oh. of course you know yeah. well you were on the right track you studied biology right yeah, in so tennessee I, was that in tennessee it was in tennessee i
2: finished my biology degree and then i said i really don't want to do this i don't want to do a master's oh. in biology so I i started taking some art classes at a community college and just as a test for myself to see if I could compete. Mm-hmm. And all of my teachers there were super encouraging. And so I decided, okay, I can, I can try this. I studied welding. I did a technical class. I started working at a factory welding uh, tow trucks. Oh my goodness. To pay my rent. I'm gonna come visit you and take welding what? classes with you. Tow trucks? Then, yeah, tow so trucks. Cool. And then uh, I got pulled out of that factory by an artist, John Henry who needed a needed a welder and fabricator and promptly after I started maybe like 4 or 5 months after I started his staff quit and so I was the only person there working with him for like 6 or 7 months wow he taught me every single thing he knew about fabrication oh my I God. mean Taps, screws, you know, how to cut things, like, I just, it was... So phenomenal. It was the traditional apprenticeship. Yeah. That no one has had that, you know. You barely have it anymore. No, you just can't get that. Mm -hmm. So I ended up learning more than if I had gone to art school, Mm -hmm. which I did eventually, after I was in the studio, I worked with him for about six years, Mm -hmm. which in work time ended up being about 10 years. I can't imagine. <laughs> 24 worked. hours in day, <laughs> yeah, like. a day. We worked a lot. It mm-hmm. was a hard. Uh, it was a hard job. And I had a studio there. He gave me a studio. He gave me access to all of his equipment. Wow. He let me use all tools. His scrap metal. So mm-hmm. I developed a portfolio there, that I then applied to grad
0: school mm-hmm. and got into grad school down from here in Miami. Wow. Nice. Incredible. Yeah. It, we we had a couple of, not a lot. I say not a lot of artists but some artists were also telling us about doing an apprenticeship and mm-hmm. how how impactful that was on their on their career and how much they learned through the yeah. apprenticeship, right? It's not very common anymore. It I feel like. Be. Have yeah. you done? Well, you well, have done an apprenticeship. Well, I
1: think it, it comes down to dedication and and the fire within. So, like you wanted to learn more and oh. you were curious. And I've noticed that sometimes when you do approach a professor in the university situation, if they do see that you're willing, they'll maybe tutor you a few extra hours or tell you, "I'll take you on as an apprenticeship." Sadly, I've had classmates reject their teacher's apprenticeships when they're like oh I'll take what? you on after year." Your- I know can you imagine and one of them was from Chicago artists that you're like oh I'll take you on as my apprentice um, once you're done with your program and she said no and she came back home and so that thought so mm. I think it, it has to come from within from the student to one pursue the teacher and be like what else can you teach me
0: and I mean, it has to be I think it has to be a good fit also right yeah. it has to be a good fit uh, where you you also feel like you're not being exploited or something like that but where you I think as long as you're learning information right? you're never really being exploited yeah you
2: have to und- and that was difficult because of like the long hours that we yeah. work yeah and at the time I didn't have the vision of what I was learning mm-hmm. you know I just felt like oh my god another 12 hour day but mm-hmm. it was you at the end so of that much. time i mean i can pick up i can make anything now mm-hmm. i can incredible. build anything so you um, show me a picture of something, I can build it. I can wow.
1: deconstruct it. I can build it. Nice. We're gonna visit you. That's
0: <laughs> incredible.
1: Like, oh my! Elisa is in Dreamland right <laughs> now. She's like, Oh, my god. I'm like, oh my I will god. be your She's a big builder. I Elisa love is a big things. builder. Yes. Yeah. Exciting. Oh so my God! It's 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 Did he miss you When you left, So was like, Why are you leaving? Well, I left for grad school. Yeah. So, so it was acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if I
2: had left under different terms, it would have been. Do you still speak every once in a while? We, yeah, we do talk. Um, I am now apprentice at doing another apprenticeship. Nice. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, but I'm doing an apprenticeship for conservation. Uh, I'm a bench trained conservator. Okay. Um, great. Because of my science background and my background in fabrication, my background in art, and my MFA. Wow. Um, yeah, like I, it's I, like mean, a perfect mean. fit, right? It's yeah. a great fit, and mm-hmm. I love—I still love science. Mm-hmm. I love the chemistry. I love mm-hmm. the—you know. Now you have somewhere where it fits, and you like yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on that, and so because of that, I end up working on his sculptures separately through our company. Oh <laughs> so my god! It's like, you call them up <laughs> and you're like, "Hey, how you hey doing? I'm working on
0: this one. I saw this before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I just repainted your sculpture." <laughs> 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 Something every artist <laughs> wants wants to hear, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, but at least so. he knows that it's in good hands. He we does. Go. and
2: we've had a conversation about it, and you know, it's I think. it's important for artists to know one that their work will be taken care of and two that they're not really responsible for their artwork after they sell it Mm -hmm. you know once they sell their artwork it's like that's the person it's whoever owns it it's then Mm -hmm. their responsibility to save that cultural heritage to take care of it Mm -hmm. to make it last until it finds its residence in a museum Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's not the artist the artist shouldn't i mean the artist should have should try to make things out of archival materials as much as possible or should say, Okay, this is an ephemeral piece but once the work is sold it's not their responsibility. Mm-hmm. I think that's
1: such a great conversation to have that we haven't really had on the podcast just yet no. is like the responsibilities of an artist post selling their artwork or post like like you just said, like it's not
0: yeah. And because then, yeah. I, I do worry about that, and Elise is always pointing it out to me. Also, like, if I do something made out of cardboard, and she's like, you have to make that in wood. I started not gonna with cardboard, as what you could and, afford. But mm-hmm. unless you're like, you know, yeah, it's like you you should make it as as strong as possible, right? What but then be when you I mean, you sell it. It's the responsibility of the other person. It is, it.
2: and yeah. you know, I mean, cardboard. You should be using mechanical joints instead of glue. Mm-hmm. So, thing, you know, things like that, just to make your artwork a, a little bit longer. more, mm-hmm. yeah, sustainable. Mm-hmm. But you know, the artist doesn't need, doesn't know that. We don't. No one teaches that in school. No. they don't teach about the care of your artwork or what you should be thinking about because I think it's a hindrance of your creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I understand that, but if you're creative, you should be able to creatively think about all the solutions, mm-hmm. not just, yeah. you know, making something you want to make and mm-hmm. w- out of whatever you can find. Mm-hmm. You should, and, and those can be experiments, but you should be thinking about the longevity of your piece or the ephemerality of your
0: piece.
1: Mm-hmm. That's not gonna so, exist forever. Yeah.
2: So that you yeah. can
0: in, at least inform someone who, who buys your piece that this is the way it was made and Absolutely. then they can, you know, mm-hmm. decide or take take care of it in a certain way Mm -hmm. right
1: yeah i had a classmate who he was doing um the archiving for um, i think the people that work at basel and he said that one of the best things for artists to do that are like painting for example is like to write down the colors you use on the back of your canvas so that in case something happens they could fix it up a lot Mm -hmm. quicker and replace it because a lot of accidents happen all the time Mm -hmm. and people aren't aware of it and then when they come in to like you know mend the pieces or adjust it or whatever it takes that much longer if that information is not on there what materials did you use what were the pigments etc so i think that's really hmm. are you taking courses to become fully certified in um, conservation or is it more like
2: it's a there's there's not a certification in conservation okay. excellent which is why it's really difficult because some people no more than others yeah. are you know really art restores and mm-hmm. anybody can kind of call, call themselves, themselves a mm-hmm. conservator um, but you should be vetted through the, um, ACA, the American Conservation Association. Um, once you're an associate member, then, you know, you're kind of, that's your certification. Oh, mm-hmm. so When you become a, uh, an associate member, you have to, it's kind of a vetting process, Yeah, mm-hmm. but. We can mm-hmm. we can talk about and conservation another. Day. <laughs> no, I'm not an associate yet, so okay. I'm still doing my apprenticeship. It'll be a while. Okay. You have to be kind of in the field for five years working okay. as a conservator. Um, I'm on my second year. Nice. Mm. Three more yeah. to go. Yeah.
0: So is that kind of like how you balance your like art making and money making in some way? It's, is that like a way where you find income yeah. or how do you balance your your it's life as an
2: artist? Balanced right now. Mm-hmm. Um I've been allowing myself time to do this apprenticeship, mm-hmm. which has been taking it's a very creative field. Mm-hmm. So it's been taking most of my creative energy, so I've just been able to do things here and there, mm-hmm. yeah. which sucks because I have this gorgeous, huge, 1,200-foot studio oh, that I'm I not know. using, and that Alapada. I'm just paying for. Wait, uh, where is your studio? <laughs> in Alapada. Oh,
1: Come is it? Yeah, near Anya. And, where Anya yeah, is. yeah, right
2: next door to Anya. You yeah. have that huge studio. I have this huge studio, and I'm actually looking for someone to share it now because I just, I'm not using it, um, mm-hmm. so yeah Color. so it is it's paying my rent <laughs> mm-hmm. it's feeding into this dream of spain that mm-hmm. i have so i'm i'm yeah mm-hmm. but it's my life isn't balanced right now
1: mm-hmm.
2: so the, <laughs> i'll be working on that You're juggling. Year, right? i think
1: that's something a lot of artists try to do is like try to yeah. do what they want and even though not everything is in balance eventually hopefully the goal is that it will reach that point of it is where it's supposed
0: to be. And I feel like it's, it, it, it for me, it's more jobs. satisfying if my job, also not balanced right now, is more in an arts related field, right? So yeah. we're both art educators at the moment, and then it's kind of like at least you're doing something that is related to it. And I mean, but you're, I learning, understand the time you're learning so much. I am, I'm learning so a much lot. about what you need as a career, in, a, in your career as an artist as well. I know everything's
2: going to come together at some yeah. point. Mm-hmm. So things just kind of roll back
1: around mm-hmm. yeah. in my experience and yeah. Yeah. Totally. something yeah. will you know I mean no and I'm sure they need stuff to be <laughs> taken care of in Spain <laughs> eventually <laughs> so that's
0: probably something you can look at but uh, I, yeah, I know so. this feeling I, I, I have this feeling also where I'm like I don't have a big studio like yours <laughs> I'm like I'm a small you know affordable Not yet, studio fan, yeah. but still I'm, I'm working a lot to pay for the studio, and then I'm not in the studio because I'm working right. to pay for the studio. <laughs> you know, it's like, this, the cat p- bites itself in its tail. How do you say right. that in English? I think that's
1: an Austrian saying. The
0: sich in den schwanz, kind of thing. <laughs> I, I had you know, to put,
1: German German put, it, put it in my mouth. I'm not sure what that means. But I think I know what you're saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that started happening to me as well. I had a studio space. I was barely in the studio space. And so now I no longer have a studio space. And you're kind of like orphaned. But you do what you can from your home space. Because yeah. you, you miss it not having it. I think having it is very important mm-hmm. if you can afford to have it. So mm-hmm. the fact that you still have a place to go to and escape, even if it's an hour
2: Mm-hmm. Once and you have, in a have while. everything out. And everything's
1: already yeah. where you want it to be, versus where did I put that? What boxes is it in it? Is it what container did I No, it's so nice to have that space.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with that because I feel like even if I don't get to spend like all the time in the studio anymore, it's still like a haven, yeah. It's still I have it. I can I can look at my work. You know, I can look at the work. I can see what needs to be done or what comes next or so. Okay. So it is helpful still. Where were you before Alabada,
2: mm-hmm. Lucinda? I was in a tiny apartment for a while. I was at the Deering Estate. I had a residency Ooh, there. Yeah, it's lovely. That they extended a couple of years because I curated. Uh, we got an um, NEA grant to do a, an environmental uh, show. So uh, they kept me on as a curator. I was incredible. able to put that together. Um, nice. But I, that studio space was incredible. And I it, can only it was just so beautiful. beautiful. The location, just yeah. driving there. Uh-huh. And at the time I was living in South Miami, so it was very convenient. I'd just bike or ride my scooter down and <laughs> spent a lot of time there. I got a lot of work done there. Uh-huh. Um, it was very
0: fruitful. And how did you get into curating? Um, was that your first gig as a curator or no, have you been doing that for a while? Already? I've put
2: some things together just because I want to see things happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I definitely am not a curator. I don't want to do that. Um, but when I got out of grad school I felt like there was a need and people weren't really doing anything about the environment so mm-hmm. all of the shows I w- was putting together were artists that were interested in working in the environment now everybody's doing it so mm-hmm. like I'm thankful <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and at the same time I don't need to do anything else mm-hmm. in that realm you know mm-hmm. so um, it's really been in the last five years I've seen an immense change in in what curators are doing around here mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited that that's the trend. Mm-hmm.
0: I wanted to ask you because you came down from Tennessee to study. You get your MFA, right? What yes. made you stay in Miami? What was like your decision to, or was that ever a decision, or was it just, no, it just happened like that?
2: I came down to Miami because I had a choice between a few different schools. Mm-hmm. But um, my all of my family stories are from Miami because my great-grandparents moved here as migrant workers in the 20s Wow! and my grandmother grew up here my mother my uncle grew up here Um, my grandfather grew up here so like Mm -hmm. all of the family stories are about Miami Mm -hmm. so when I had the chance to come down here and I spent summers here as a child Mm -hmm. and my grandmother had a a seven apartment house on 36th street they wow. tore it down and built a oh no they built a big uh condominium but it was in the 70s and so mm-hmm. she had like a group of strippers in there <laughs> that my mom was making these stripper <laughs> outfits for that I remember oh, dressing they're sewing, up in they're sewing, <laughs> <know> <laughs> Me and my sister used to dress up in these stripper outfits because they were so so sparkly. They were sparkling. One had like this furry underwear with Uh, wiggly (laughs) eyes and a tongue hanging out of it. (laughs) So we had the stripper clothes. We didn't know Thanks, what they were. so Oh, my funny. God.
0: Yeah, oh my God. Would I would love to see your pictures your of them. Your dad has no
2: idea. Your dad was like. Yeah, which is strange because I also grew up in a very strict religion. <laughs> so I think my mom was doing this stuff in Miami while we were going to church in Tennessee. <laughs> So, oh, oh okay. I love yeah, I mean, Corona up blind. It's like the, the duality. The yeah. yeah, And my sister remembers like helping my grandmother dry the pot in the microwave oh, and sell it to her tenants.
0: And, like you know, I mean, it was it was Miami in the seventies. Yeah, the, like hippie
1: <laughs> cool grandma. Yeah, yeah. We,
0: were, we were talking about it when uh, we have the crystal exhibition up at the Palm at the moment, and we were doing this workshop with teachers, and we were say, and they were like telling us about the Miami in the eighties, yeah. which was like when you did like. No one thought you had it cold. You know? <laughs> yeah, they all. It was like Miami. <laughs> is so funny, right? and that's
2: when my family moved out because, mm-hmm. well, my my uncle was pretty involved in that world, and he said as soon as. People that he didn't know started shooting at him. It was time to leave. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, <No>. Wow. <laughs> as See, long as he knew them, you know, it's like okay. we can talk about this <laughs> right. later. At least but you know, know why they're shooting at you. Yeah. But when you don't know why they're oh, shooting no. at you, oh my it's god! Crazy. Miami was a very different place. Like it was that. sounds wow. like the wild west sometimes. So, yeah. And I heard this story, so I was a little nervous about coming down here. But yeah, what year did you come back here? I came in two thousand six. Oh, two thousand six. Wow. Okay, and things so, have, been, have yeah, changed was, a lot. it was. Uh, I think there was a tourist murdered in two thousand three or something, but oh, no. like on the highway. I remember something. But yeah. I had been back and forth with John because he was always at Art Basel. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember going to the art center and thinking, "Oh my God, I want to be here!" Like just seeing that place, I was like, "This is this is heaven for artists mm-hmm. too." So that also influenced my decision to be here.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And did you also have a studio at the Art Center?
1: No, I never I never did get a studio at the Art Center. You saw it, you got inspired, but you were never there. No. But you showed there, huh? I, I did show but there. But you showed so there was, as a
0: basically visiting artist. Yes, mm-hmm. so
2: that was really exciting. Um, mm-hmm. I was given a space uh, with some other artists over near the Bass. Mm-hmm. It was the old W, um, Ray Breslin, who was really involved in that neighborhood. He um, got them to lend us this space and we had it for two years wow uh it was the it's the can-do neighborhood so it was called the can-do arts Coop. co-op mm-hmm. and we had a lot of shows and that's actually i was doing some curating there too mm-hmm. um but you know that was a great space that was kind of my miami beach experience mm-hmm. and it was free mm-hmm. <laughs> so, that's back great. in the day when there were still things
0: like free studios <laughs> right
2: right and of course after we had it nice and up and running and cleaned mm-hmm. and you know yeah, Bye. they're like, oh, now we can rent it. But yeah. <laughs> thanks, yeah. artists, mm-hmm. again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think a... that's, that's another reason why it might, I mean, you might have this drive for this idea you have of the yeah. school for Spain. Because we do notice that here. Like, when you got in 2006 here to Miami versus how it is now, you have seen the motion of artists being pushed off from certain communities Absolutely. and driven mm-hmm. to other spaces. And, and then those spaces and then moving them out again. Yes. And another
2: thing that needs to happen, which I've also written net grants, but I haven't gotten any is we need to ha- be owners we need to be owners in our future and yeah. but we can't buy here we can't so expensive yeah and none of not one of us has the down payment for a warehouse if we could get together and buy something as a group of 10 but we'd still need someone to support us mm-hmm. so but the, the the artists that i see that are successful they've had Careers where they've been able to fund their own artwork, they've owned property. Yeah. Mm -hmm. New York, you know, all the people that bought studio warehouses in Brooklyn, they turned around and sold those for a million dollars and that funded the rest of their career. Mm -hmm. And we don't have security. We're moved every two to three years and we don't have any say in our future because we're just paying rent. Rent. And until that changes, you know, how are we going to have a secure future? Mm We don't, Mm. because we're not selling either. Mm. I mean, a few people are selling, but not the majority. I have Mm. to work a full-time job. Same. Then, you know, the gallery system's kaput.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So it's always that, trying to
0: find an I think that is something that I really witnessed in this time being at the Bakehouse as well. When I first moved here in 2015 from San Francisco, there were a lot of artists still at the Bakehouse that were funding their studios with sales Mm -hmm. out of the Bakehouse. Oh, wow. They didn't even have galleries. There were like a lot of painters, a lot of um, also sculptors that were just like, we had open studios every month. They were selling their work every month and they mm-hmm. paid their studios from from just their cells out of the studio but it has been like um i mean i don't know if it ha- had to do also with the you know economical changes political changes
1: i also think that it has a lot has to do with re- fares. i feel like yeah. a lot of people when they think about artists run or artist i guess spaces they don't necessarily think like oh i'll go into that art space and i'll purchase directly from mm-hmm. the artist i feel like they find it more I don't know appealing to go to a fair maybe see something in a fair gallery mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. A, I don't know that's I feel like there's not a lot of traffic in Wynwood in this area like where the galleries since there is no longer necessarily like is there a Wynwood walk anymore like there
0: was there years is, it's ago awful. Um,
2: mm-hmm. but there aren't any galleries all the galleries have left they so have, yeah. just yeah, yeah.
0: Oh. But it was like that at the art center too, I remember, when they had the, still the bigger the bigger space, That was it 800, I think? 800, right? 810. That the, yeah, yeah. the artists w- would tell us also, like, they just sold out of their studios, that's how they made their money, you know? That's, yeah. So if you can do that, I think then it's it's another... You'd
1: have to be in a high-trafficking area, model, but the yeah. issue with a high-trafficking area is the price mm. of the space. Yeah. And if you're just a renter, then mm-hmm. that price will be expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But I think new models are coming up at the Bakehouse. Uh, The new director has a model where she's trying to find sponsors for the studios. So the artists don't have to pay it. The sponsor pays for the studio, which is a great direction to go in, I think. But I I totally agree with you. If you don't want to be dependent on that sponsor or, you know, you got to own. Own. That's the ownership is the only way to kind of have a sustainable future as an artist in that way, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: I yeah. wanted to talk a little bit more about fabrication because I'm kind of like a <laughs> sculpture nerd. Um, when you were an intern for Mr. John Henry and you were learning how to weld, and then you were, you were you were actually already a welder and you're learning about these nuts and these bolts, and then eventually we know this background of your mom with the fibers and the fabrics, when did those two meet, if they ever did meet, which I think I have seen some of your works, or, or how was the, tr- the the progression of your work? Like, what did your portfolio look like when you applied first to grad school? Um,
2: well, my portfolio looked very different because, uh, <laughs> that's kind of a mean question.
1: No, no, my no. stuff
2: still looks like my portfolio. <laughs> first, please, like, I that's still, not a defensive thing at all. The body of work I did to apply to grad school, I still really like, and it's very different from what I've done. Um, but I worked briefly for my sister in between John Henry and grad school, I kind of went part-time. And um, she's a veterinarian. And so with my science background, the only thing she'd let me do is read fecal exams. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent all this time looking at a microscope, looking at um, oh, no. fecal samples, which are beautiful under a microscope. Oh, I mean, they're like great. all different colors and shapes. And, you know, it looks like a kaleidoscope. <laughs> so
0: it's Not all about perspective. <laughs> <laughs> about perspective.
2: So uh, I was looking at these um, parasites, which in studying biology that was one of my favorite subjects were parasites. So um all of the sculptures I made for grad school look like parasites. They're totally inspired by fecal samples. Nice. And wow. So, so they're like they either look like angry vaginas <laughs> or, Thank you. Or, Thank like you. Uh, or, you know, like some type of parasite. Oh, so you have to, they're they might be on my website, I'm not sure, but I'd be happy to share them with yes. you. And they're with yes, very yes. traditional materials. Um, I love exploring new materials so I did a lot of concrete I've Mm -hmm. done ceramic I've done wood um, you know I think I've touched every material nice so I like that whole process of exploring a material and seeing what it can do it's very much part of my work and then stretching it Mm -hmm. and seeing where I can push it to how can I make it not feel like this material once I know the properties of it Mm -hmm totally thank you sister (laughs) but (laughs) but the thing with sewing is i did i grew up sewing because Mm -hmm. my mother also was a seamstress she was a homemaker um and so i learned to sew i started sewing my own clothing i started sewing barbie doll clothing at six or seven nice and then i started sewing my own clothing around ten and really metal fabrication is the same as sewing because It's all about connections. It's, it's about you... turning a, two, a two-dimensional thing into a three-dimensional object, and mm-hmm. that's what dressmaking is. Mm-hmm. You know, you're laying down your pattern, you're laying your fabric flat, you're cutting it, and you do the same thing. It's just with bigger equipment, larger material, you know, a piece of metal that's a quarter inch, you think that's thick. But when you're working with a piece that's 40 feet by 8 feet, it's as flimsy as a piece of fabric. Yeah. It bends like a piece of fabric. So as soon as you cut out the shape, you can bend that and then weld it together. You're welding as you're sewing. So the two, those two systems have always been connected to me. I've never seen a difference between them. It's just changing the material, mm-hmm. changing the tools, changing the material, mm-hmm. same visual stimulation, same result.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of more like the, the social, um, how do you say Misconception, that? I Misconception, I guess. Misconception that is like, oh yeah, sewing is like, well, you know, in the feminine way and then the welding is like the, the, you know, more the masculine way, but yeah. it's, I liked how you connected them together. No, when you're working
1: with material, you see how they all, they're, 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 there are sections or areas within different ones that do overlap and then you mm. do see the differences, but you mm. see how they all, if you're capable of doing one, there's no reason if you desire to, that you can't do the yeah. other. And
2: I like mixing the materials. I like mixing the conception of Soft with heart mm-hmm. So um, I like mixing steel with fiber, and I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen, I do have pieces where I'm mixing steel with fiber. Mm-hmm. I would like to go on doing that in a maybe in a larger way, but I don't have access to a fabrication studio here. Mm-hmm. So I know where is a good future. fabrication
1: studio in Miami? <laughs> Private message us so that we know. <laughs> That's for welding? I, for, for any, I think like a I know that there's certain spaces like Moonlighter that has like CNC cutting and stuff like that, but I'm thinking like a traditional shop, like a huge shop that's available to artists. You'll do the intro lesson to prove that you can use the materials and somebody does the upkeep or could assist you if you need help, but like where's the large, welding slash wood shops that is available to like the artist community mm-hmm. we don't
0: have that because mm-hmm. no, we don't own the space but
1: that's why teaching is a good option Yeah, teaching
0: is a good option <laughs> i I, I, yeah. I just thought it was at the universities the university yeah, usually they, have everything they do right? yeah
2: they do so uh-huh. i did some adjunct work uh, a few years back and it was great uh-huh. because i was teaching everyone how to weld and then i had i was already in the shop i had the materials you know and i was uh-huh. able to move forward uh-huh. but so that might be in my future i don't uh-huh. know Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, a little dust. Um, What school was that at?
2: University of Miami. Nice. Mm -hmm. Which is where I did my grads work. Mm -hmm. Excellent.
1: Mm -hmm. That's exciting. I actually wanted to talk about, because for a while, we're Facebook friends, even though we didn't really know each other for a while, but we had mutual friends. I'm like, oh, I'm going to add you on Facebook. And you had this enormous, it was like gaudy, just gorgeous looking outfit on. And it was just so large and it looked like a traditional like Elizabethan collar, but it was just made of like these black tubings and all sorts of materials. And I found out later that you constructed this. Could you talk a little bit about that outfit and like sculpture pieces as artwork, as um, design?
2: Yeah, and that's um, that's another area that I would like to explore. But that piece is made out of golf handles and bike tires. And a lot of times how I find my materials or how I was finding them during grad school and after grad school is I would just go around to different dumpsters and look in. Scavenged, totally. And I found all these golf handles, and I was like, what is going on here? Apparently golfers change their grips every year, Mm -hmm. and so they're just... You're like right by a golf course that you learn. Yeah, they're taking their grips off and replacing them. So I had all of these grips, and I learned how to... I used like a chicken wire frame. I learned how to like tie them together. Um, I don't really use adhesive in my work, it's mm-hmm. all mechanically joined, Metal. so all of those golf handles are woven into the chicken wire with um, strips of bike tires. Nice. So, um, and I built a stand for that, so it sits on a stand, but I love the idea that someone can activate an, an artwork through movement, or by wearing it, because especially working in conservation and going into these houses. These pieces that you make they just go and die on a wall I mean they're just sitting there they're never touched they're dusty you know and I want to see something activated I want to see it move I want to see you know it become kinetic through Mm -hmm. body movement so I'm definitely not a dancer (laughs) and and, uh, by pulling hair I've ended up doing some performance work which is always uncomfortable for me to do Um, but it's it's way I think to share your art with a community that doesn't otherwise see it Mm -hmm. and so it's becoming more important to me to find people to work with that I could do collaborations with um, where they're interacting with these pieces doing something in the community Mm -hmm. because it's just you know it I think it's really important Mm -hmm. I think it's important to have artwork just happen Mm -hmm. outside where anybody where you don't determine your viewers Mm -hmm. your viewers aren't there to see artwork they're experiencing something that's just ephemeral Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so speaking of that the girls club i've been like sending out all of these applications to do this uh, for residencies Mm -hmm. i've gotten denied like by 10 places and uh the girls club came to me and they were like, do you want to do this thing we're doing for Art Basel, where you make a work for Jenny Larson to perform with? I'm like, what? Oh, <laughs> connected, <laughs> Jenny. It was, like, it was just, you know, it came and just was put right in my lap. Incredible. Um, so I'm working with uh, several other artists. We're doing, a, um, we're doing, Kind of a performance based thing called the changing room. Oh, that's um, you'll get more details about it later. Okay. A
1: um, little sneak peek. Well, we definitely had Jenny on it. And I was thinking. excited. I yeah. was thinking Jenny and I was thinking Pioneer winner as well because. Not necessarily. I know they wear their um, dancing outfits, but I, sometimes you do see them have other props or materials to interact with and activate, yeah. as you said. So I'm glad that that connection's already been made. And it's gonna happen for
0: y- you can't tell a lot about it, but, but in it's December. gonna happen in it's during our. It's untitled.
1: Nice. Yeah. And untitled. And untitled.
0: Congratulations. Congratulations. That's
2: yeah. gonna be awesome. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Which is great because I haven't been doing anything else this
0: year. Yeah. I before. think, well, <laughs> that's going to stick out for sure. Yeah, I think you not do always, Yeah, one yeah. or two
1: things a year, you're fine. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It's about not having the blank year. It's about just doing something every year, staying activated, making space, being creative. And if you don't accept it, well, then you're working on your own. And,
0: and I feel also like the longer the longer you do this, the more you really want to find projects you're excited about, and that Absolutely. makes sense. And I mean, a project like that makes so much sense in where you wanted to go you know and yeah. i mean Jenny Larson is such a beautiful performer she does such great work i mean to be working with her that's that's going to be a real treat I yeah, think you're gonna like that yeah
1: mm-hmm. any little snippets about materials you might be using her plastic. plastic nice mm-hmm. yeah I could already see movement with that. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, definitely plastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I wanted also to mention, or, or not mention, just ask, um, in terms of the progression from materials with the metal and the fabric that you mentioned and the direction you want to go in, um, what do you see yourself using, or is it always about what you find? Do you always have like a particular material in mind, like I wanna use this, or is it more of like this is what I have access and availability to? I'm I curious. never
2: have a particular material in mind. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I mean, sometimes I'll do drawings, mm-hmm. and you know, those will translate into colors, and I'll think of materials, but um, for me, the material isn't that important. What's oh. important is that it's reclaimed. Yes. Because there's so much trash that Everywhere. we have. There's just, there's there's no lack of materials. Why do we need to be buying materials mm-hmm. to make artwork? Mm-hmm. We don't. We're creative. We're supposed to have this, you know, depth of creativity. Why can't we find ways to use these materials mm-hmm. to make what we want to make, yeah. to translate our ideas into what we want to make? Oh. So um, the material very much inspires me once, once I find it. Sometimes I have an idea about it, but I'm, much more excited about finding new materials and exploring new materials than saying, okay, I'm going to make this out of metal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, my next, uh, uh, another thing I have planned is I want to start working with natural materials. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. want to learn to weave, Uh, Mm -hmm. actually weave on a loom. I want to go into the woods and, you know, use materials from the woods. And I've done a little bit of that, kind of exploring, um... I did a residency in Spain a couple years back, and the forests there are very fragrant. They're not like, like the smells that you experience, I I don't think that really comes up that nature has so many smells associated Mm -hmm. with it, Mm -hmm. but you know, you go down to Matheson Hammock, and you're walking through the swamp, and you have that wonderful, sulfury, like deep, mellow smells Mm -hmm. of tannins, and... Teas and, you know, all of those. And then you walk into the forest in Spain and you have all of these smells of rosemary and thyme and anise. And you're just walking past those and they, you know, your your clothes activate those smells. So um, I went to the forest and collected all of these herbs mm-hmm. and created kind of this meditative hat or like envelope that people could stand in next to a tree to kind of like commune with a tree it's like really out there but I, like, no, it's, it's like a it's like a space <laughs> dome but
1: for yeah. for the for the for exterior space uh, i like that
2: yeah because um i keep you know I, I keep doing artwork about our waste stream but really the issue is that we're not connected to nature anymore mm-hmm. and so how do you get people connected to nature again? You've got to make them go into nature. Mm-hmm. So how do you, you know, that's that's kind of the next thing. How do you get people to go into nature to explore their surroundings, to realize that they're part of nature? that I appreciate it, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's, and that all ties in with living in Spain eventually, you know, bringing people over. I like and have that experience mm-hmm. yeah to have mm-hmm. that experience too have you done the airy residency i haven't done the area you should totally do it i don't have the problem is with a
0: full-time job i
2: can't take so do. That. that's
0: that's the problem no. with that uh, residency sometimes right yeah. yeah because it's like a month you're supposed to be down there yeah that's mm-hmm. a long
1: time mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah so and i miss that i mean i'm i'm gonna you know
2: i've got to figure out a way to go back and do residencies because they're so fruitful Especially
0: in this environmental context. I know, was it uh, Kristen Page Minot also telling us about this residency she did in the wild wilderness? Alaska. Alaska. Mm -hmm. And she was very inspired by that.
1: Um, And the, the, the artwork she brought back was really... It looked... It was large scale because it was her photograph, she made them big, but it was really about the micro, about the small, about the like minute details of like the formation she would mm-hmm. find. And you work, I feel, a lot like not just like the macro, like with the Everglades, but also like the, the fecal micro, you know, parasites, yeah. like the large and the small and all of it relating back to nature and uh-huh. the environment. So I think that would be pretty cool if you could go to Alaska. But we'll see. Time will tell. I'd like to. I'm, you know, I'm applying for more
2: residencies, and if I don't get them, I'm just going to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, three or four, or five years ago, I hiked the Camino de Santiago. You did, did? yeah. I did
0: the spance. That's a great residency to do. (laughs) (laughs) Just hiking. Yeah. (laughs) If
2: you could just figure out, if I could figure out a way to fund hiking in in national parks. Yeah. (laughs) As a residency. That would be amazing.
1: Yeah. How was Um, growing up in um, talking about parks, Tennessee? Tennessee. Yeah. That's. I think
2: that's where everything. Not only did I spend a lot of time on the Appalachian Trail, um, backpacking. So Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time backpacking, but also. I was a totally unsupervised child, and we lived on a farm, um, and I just, I mean, I remember having blisters on my feet from running around on the pavement barefoot. My grandmother uh, was a writer, and so she would actually lock me out of the house at, like, 8 a.m., and she'd say, you can come back at dark,
0: so, like, <laughs>
2: wow. like, I be would free. be locked okay. out of the house the entire day, and I'd go down, I'd explore the woods, it was, we were up against a lake. I'd go swimming by myself at like Aww. 10. I mean, it's just amazing that I'm alive. I'd get bit by spiders. I'd step on rattlesnakes.
0: I mean, it was, you know. But I just. feel like, I mean, I, I grew up in nature, too. I grew up in Austria, you know, so that you did everything by yourself, too. It was yeah. a really small place. You could send children to the swimming pool and make sure and be sure that they are not going to drown there, you know. So it's like it was also like a, a community thing, too. But I feel like um, it does change you from like from absolutely. the beginning, if you're in touch with nature you know you run around and you kind of develop skills that you're gonna survive yeah that maybe a city kid wouldn't have <laughs> right. right it's kind of like you're just gonna you just know what you're absolutely cannot do because otherwise you're not gonna come back you know it's like yeah. so I feel like you, you develop those skills just by growing up around nature you know and
1: mm-hmm. also like a fearlessness or an ability to adapt or look at a certain. Um, situation and come up with solutions versus just being stumped and be like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think there's a more rapid, like, okay, this is happening. What can I do? And there's there's a more... I mean, I sadly did not live in the countryside. I grew up in the city, but I was always outdoors in the dirt and yeah. playing with the worms when it rained or outside in the swing and running around with a dog and just like being outside. I think yeah. it's really important. And people
2: yeah. aren't outside anymore. Yeah. Not a lot, no. It's, it's really changing. And I think mm-hmm. that's going to change our future generations, mm-hmm. which is why it's so important to try to figure out how to get everybody back into nature mm-hmm. and yeah. back into having that sense of connection because without mm-hmm. the sense of connection with the outdoors I know there's no reason to save
1: it mm-hmm. I, know. I totally
0: agree
1: I get yeah. that. that's a really um, oh two minutes damn I go, go upside so fast um, I think going forward very important thing to think about and like as you said future generations not just in um, saving the environment but how we exist within it yes it's I think we we're, we're dependent on nature so I think there has mm-hmm. to be some way an equilibrium to be found. Anyways, um, any upcoming projects that you want to talk about, other than Untitled, or things you want to potentially dabble in that you might want to share with us uh, before we uh, get here? Last final question. I already got it all out. Yes. Okay. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. Okay. Perfect.
1: Well, I did so, want to ask. No, Maria, one last one. <laughs> Me. Where did you get your 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 your, your dress? It's like woven slash patchwork with the circle. That is not woven, my it's dear that woven. girl. It's not it, it looks like a net. This is cro- my grandpa this used to make that. This is crocheted yeah, it, or, looks
0: like, it looks
1: like it's, you know, netted see. together. I
0: would say it's crocheted and this is... You crocheted it.
2: My grandpa used to do that. Yeah, I didn't. The nice thing about having a job is that I can invest.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like, not easy it. to make because no, I, know to I know how to weave. I know how to weave. But yeah. this is more crocheted and... Those drop
1: aren't woven tropical? I
0: think that the, 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 I think the it's net part is net for, for sure. Yeah. Maybe. I'm just curious. Very last question. Okay, go, no, come here. You've been sitting in a magical rocking chair. Oh. And he grants you three wishes. You can wish for anything and everything, but you have to say it out loud for it to come true. What wow. are your three wishes? I
2: want that place in Spain to become a reality. Yes, we oh, too, absolutely. We want that Will yeah. come visit. I would like to find a way of funding that's comfortable and that gives me security. Yes. And I would like to be able to extend that to my community around me.
1: Oh Wonderful. Sharing. So uh, yeah, that's, if those things happen, I'd be
0: happy. Yeah. Wonderful. I think that you're
1: a doer, so I have a good feeling that it is going to happen. Thank Me you too. so much for sitting down with us, Lucinda. Thank you so Thank much, you. Lucinda.
0: Thanks, Lisa.
1: I'm sorry I talk so much.
0: Thanks. <laughs> we are so happy to hear your voice every time. Thanks to all our listeners for uh, tuning in again. And we're going to be back next week with a new episode of Rocky Sessions. Bye. Bye